Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quartz 96 FM and C103. The Arts House. Now then, I'm delighted to be joined in studio by my next guests. In fact, extremely excited to be welcoming John O'Brien into studio and Leisha O'Sullivan. Good morning to the two of you. And you're so, so welcome. Good morning, Anne-Marie. Good morning. Good morning. And we're here to talk opera. Opera, massive legends and, uh, you know, big, meaty, meaty plots and, and new compositions. Because I suppose, John, so many people would know you at this stage from your work with the Cork Opera House Concert Orchestra and the opera concert series that are running there, as well as, of course, and we talked before about The Nightingale and The Rose. And how do you sort of take a deep breath from that and dive into another plot so quickly? Um, well... So this is Deirdre and the Sons of Usna and the, um, it, from when I was a kid, this, it was one of those stories that kind of always, um, got me. And, um, I spent a while trying to convince, um, Aideen O'Donoghue, who wrote the, um, libretto that this would be a good, you know, a good story to write. Um, and eventually we kind of got around to it then last year. Um, so we wrote kind of from August through to November. Um, and, now we're doing a concert performance on Tuesday. Um, so it's kind of mad, yeah, and brilliant. Um, yeah. I'm not surprised the story of Deirdre and the sons of Ishna would, would grab you like that because it's one of those massive, massive legends in, in Irish folklore. Um, and lots of people will know it and automatically, you know, know it as well as they know the story of Satanta and Cú Colin and, uh, you know, any of the sons about Fionn McCool. And a lot of people would know of Deirdre of the Sorrows but not know the actual story. So who's going to be our storyteller in our scaly this morning? <laughs> because, you know, at the heart of an opera is the, the plot and the story. Well, this, uh, this plot is all about... Um, so it's about what, 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 what love is and what... Um, it's about power. It's about the corrupt king who was a good king. And now it's all, you know, it's about jealousy. It's about rage and... There's a lot of murder and all of those big operatic things. Um, it's kind of a, an Iron Age society that's kind of like mythical. And so it kind of makes sense that the people sing because it's kind of this, like it's older and it's like archi- an archetypal yes. or something, you know? Yeah. Um, and yeah, so so it's all of those kind of big things that make it feel like it's this... Um, kind of big operatic thing or something, you know? Epic. Epic is right. Epic, Epic is right, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, and how, where do you begin the story? Because the legend obviously goes with that even before Deirdre was born, 
um, they were telling and foretelling of this incredible beauty who would be born, but that people would die and fight in war because of her. Like, do you begin well, before her birth? Or we, do you we, we kind of do. Uh, like, we, we, there's a prologue where we kind of start at, uh, uh, with her birth, and those kind of elements are in our version of the story. But really, it's not magic. It, the reason that things go bad is because people act badly. Um, so it's uh, it's jealousy and it's power and those things that corrupt and so it's still um, it's one of the reasons that it's one of my favourite of the um, Irish mythology because there's no Deus Ex Machina kind of you know gods intervening it's it's purely you know people are mean and therefore things go wrong and, utter you know, jealousy yeah, resentment and it's that and yeah. so it's that that causes the kingdom to be ripped apart and to you know and I, so that's why it still feels totally relevant because it's about um, you know, corrupt power and um, what, how the people suffer when the power is corrupt at the, at the top and when, it, when you know, um, how even in the individual, how um, the baser kind of things can rip somebody apart or rip things apart, you know, and that has a ripple effect right out into the, into the bigger community. Because before you can kind of, uh, I suppose, spread it out into those large themes of corruption, you, you begin with the kernel of the story that there is uh, Deirdre who has fallen in love and run away with Nisha and his brothers and Connor Crahur, who wanted her for himself, is furious and sets off in pursuit. Sets, yeah, sets and it's, it, it, it's lust and jealousy, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah um, and actually, like all of those things are um, so perfectly operatic. And mm-hmm. yeah, um, it's been quite fun, actually, even... Um, like Aideen wrote an amazing libretto that really kind of captures that that's true to the original but is really kind of um uh of now as well like you know kind of um so it's both epic and contemporary and you know it's got like a really cool sits in the middle of all of those things and then really singable and re- like so there's beautiful lyrics Yes, but when you do take it into those big themes and see parallels in, you know, not just in the world grand scale of things, but now in everyday, mm. everyday life, how that little kernel of hatred yeah. can sit That's in somebody's the thing, the seed, soul. And if you if you feed that yeah. seed, then everything goes bad. Um, there's a scene in the in our opera where um, because when Connor after he's kind of a. Uh, after they've run away off into exile and he's like, you know, fuming and all that, they, it's the land that suffers. So there's a chorus where the, um, the, 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 the people sing about the, um, how the land is starved because in that idea, this, that's this idea of kind of sacred kingship in ancient Irish mythology of that to be a good leader, it's about being like, you have to be, uh, just and you have to be like at one with the land and with the people. And when he's not, it all suffers and everything suffers. Um, so there's a kind of a, there's a kind of a camera zoom out moment where we get that idea of like, what's it like for everybody else in the place where, where, you know, in, in, in a country that's torn apart by civil war, you know? Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. Um, the the music for this, though, as well. Then you know, I know we're talking about uh, the nightingale and the rose. There were some beautiful, lush melodies and everything like that. And we're we're all killing ourselves this morning. We don't have recordings of that to go with this morning, but we'll just drive on for this particular one. Then, how did you come about the approach of the composition? Um, it's so it comes to me. So it's, it's, it, for me, it's it's from the words. Um, yeah. so uh, myself and Nadine uh, worked a, a good bit on the in this 
on kind of um, the storyboard of it first and hammering out the kind of architecture and then she wrote um, as she was writing the libretto she would pass me a chunk and I would start to write it and then we'd kind of pass back and forth a bit but it all came like the tunes for me come from the lyrics from from the words and what the characters are saying and so the kind of it's a, it's a kind of there's a, a nerdy thing now, but it's kind of a Sondheim thing that's um, content dictates form, which is kind of like the um, you know Eileen Gray, the furniture designer, or you know um, this idea of like what it is the tr- the emotional truth of it and the kind of the, the words themselves tell you what the structure should be and what the architecture of it and what it should sound like. Um, so yeah, I don't know if that makes sense. But no, it, yeah, it yeah. utterly yeah. does. I mean, if characters are singing to each other of love, if Deirdre is falling in love with Nisha for the first time, and she sees him, and you know Connor is in a rage, and you know the battle yeah. is ensuing, and the red branched uh, knights are all involved, and you know there's a little sneaky kind of diversion going on, and all that sort of thing. Well, then the music does. It, it is, yeah, and I think that there are parts of it that like we we do all of those things. Um, we're very lucky to have um, Alex Petku on the gig, um, and so the lots of um, you know it's four timps and a marimba and uh, uh, bass drum and all sorts of banging lots of things lots of pieces really of wood really traditional and sticks and, instruments um, going on know, there John <laughs> and, 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 the marimbas and, 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 marimbas yeah, and all yeah. sorts of things um, and um, Kira Moroni then is playing the piano on it, so she's the rest of the orchestra for for this concert. So yeah, but for for this, of course, I mean, like you have that whole tapestry. This word you refer to quite often. You are now sort of really adept at stitching together a tapestry of musicians in Cork at this stage. Like you can, you know what you're weaving almost before you hear it, don't you? Kind of. What what was really cool about this was that um, particularly the singers that like um, Magella and Kim and Ron and you know we we knew the cast when we were writing so we were writing specifically for everybody's voice so if you know that um, you know that you're going to cast this role as Joe Corbett then you write it in one sort of way and if you know that this is going to be um, Kim Sheehan is going to be singing this role well then you're going to you know so it's really good to hear um, have people's voices in your head when you're writing you know so you can kind of stretch them you know like you know Simon Morgan is going to be a like beautiful romantic lead um, and you know Julian Tovey is like as a kind of a bass baritone is going to bring a particular kind of evil to it all you know um Fantastic yeah. cast list again. And oh, like phenomenal, yeah, yeah. I know, yeah. this is it, they are phenomenal. And Leisha, I'm going to bring you in at this point then so because I was saying to you before we came on air that what's the correct name for the group that you are here to talk about this morning? Friends of Everyman Opera or? Friends of, Every, of Everyman Opera, um, I think. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think it's pretty easy if you just uh, go onto the Everyman site and Google Opera, you'll find us. Um, so... Um, a couple of years ago, a number of years ago now, I by chance um, saw one of John's productions, Di Pagliacci. Yes. And I was so blown away. I, I wrote an email and I said, if I can ever do anything at all for John O'Brien to help opera, I'm, I will do it. And it was a number of years later and um, I got a call saying, can you come and, and, and try and kind of uh, get people more interested in opera and encourage people to know more about the opera, know more about the everyman? So um, they gave me a rather fancy title of Opera Ambassador. And we decided that we would set up um, a possibility for people to join for a subscription to join as a friend of the opera. And that way they have, they're invested, they become, you know, much more informed. They're told all about the the sets, the design, the music. They get to meet John 
um, and uh, they become interested in advance about the productions and then they have something to follow up with afterwards. So it's it's worked very well, I think. And we have a body now of people who, not all of them were opera lovers, but they've all become interested. And interested yes, in and what, yeah. a kind of a curiosity yes. can be, um, mm. you know, sparked or, or fed. Like what I would say is, that I suppose, if you look back to how people talk about opera in Cork long ago, oh, and we're talking about going back, <laughs> you know, it does sound like a kind of a golden, magical age and that sort of thing. But, you know, people talk about how, you know, people would have these big stars coming in to sing mm. in Cork. But hours before the opera would start people would turn up and mm. sing their own mm. favourite arias in mm. the gods while mm. they were waiting and probably being as good as some of the ones yeah. on stage from time to time. I think we're very lucky that we have, I mean, we have John here. Uh, to have John in, in this city is, I, I don't have words to describe how lucky we are. I really don't. I travel all That's the time. Stop, no, 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 I travel all true. the time. I've got a second opera. in a second. Yeah. I, I travel well, all the time. Mortified, yeah. mortified. <laughs> and he's, and he's, red, yeah. he's just, he's exceptional. He's exceptional about his approach, about his music, about his feeling, the humanity he puts into his music is just extraordinary. Um, and I, I've heard so much. I grew up in Dublin, but I've heard so much. Anyway, I'm not probably old enough, but I've heard so much about the time when opera was so much part of the fabric of Cork City and everybody loved it. And it was loved in all parts of the city. And everyone had massive collections and they knew the difference between one artist and another and which operas they sang best and where they weren't so good. And and, and it, I suppose I would love, I'd love if opera became more well-known in Cork, if people realised what an extraordinary art form it is. And um, I, th- I think, though, and that, that we have John and, and that we have and we have fantastic artists here and I, we have really, really the, t- the best. And yet lots of people don't know that we have them here. So I'd love. But I, I think we are sort of in the middle of uh, a kind of an era now where it is starting to grow again. I hope so. And I think so. Yeah, I do I, think so. I think, you know, you mentioned Pagliacci mm. and the fact that that was such a surprise for everybody. Um what the Everyman did with Pagliacci at the time and the whole staging of it was just sensational. Mm. And immediately it got national recognition and it won a whole raft of mm. national awards. And suddenly people were kind of going, oh, yeah. opera in Cork, what's yeah. the story there? And that, I think, sort of was the, the production maybe that sparked a little ripple of excitement about what could actually be done, be done. because yeah. nothing like that had been done for so, so many years. Mm. And ever since then, you know, that tapestry that has been woven is woven around you, John, like it or not, at the (laughs) moment, you know, and you do need something or someone to be at the fulcrum of something when it happens. Mm. And because that's what sustains a continuity in the threads as they are being Mm. being built up. And we are so lucky to have you not just as a musical director, but as a composer. I know you're running your hands through your hair going now saying, stop. Well, 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 what I was going to say is kind of the, the, um, that... If you look at it for, from my point of view, it's the same, but the exact opposite. Is it so? In order for me to work here, I need support. Yes. So um, I have I have the support of lots of fellow artists and makers and technicians and designers and all those kind of people. Um, what we do need is the support of we need the support of audience. So when 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 we need people to buy tickets to things because if they don't, it's on such a knife edge. It's on such a knife edge financially because it costs so much money. Um, because we're in Cork rather than in Dublin or in Berlin or you know, mm. it's really hard to get funding. So it's 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 much easier to it's easier to justify funding if there's people buying tickets um it's the what we're trying to do with lisa with um making um 
with with friends and kind of trying to start to grow philanthropy again um it means that that investment even if um even if it's a smaller amount of the total budget and we're looking for arts council money to you know the, the fact that we're showing that people here are interested enough to invest in it means that it's it's um it's harder for the state bodies to kind of ignore to, to ignore it or to turn yeah. it down mm. so from my point of view it's 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 a kind of a movement of people and a movement of artists and a movement of supporters and um like patrons and audience and actually if there's no audience well then there's no point yes, in sir. doing it yes. so you know um, that's the only reason so i'd say the same back All right. <laughs> okay we're going to come back and talk about the audience right after this Cork's 96FM and C103. The Arts House. And you're listening to The Arts House on Cork's 96FM and C103. Uh, I love, there's a, a message after coming in here in the middle of all those uh, book entries. It says, fascinating listening to Leisha and John this morning. Leisha is a wonderful ambassador for opera in Cork and John is so incredibly gifted. I'm so looking forward to Tuesday night. It's a stroke of genius to reimagine our Irish legends into opera and John is the maestro. <laughs> well, Mandy, fair play to you for sending that particular text in. Uh, Leisha, I'm going to come back to you, you know, in terms of being an opera ambassador and talking about philanthropy, you know, lots of people might think, well, that's not for me, that's for other people. It, it is for everybody. Yes, I think it's for everybody and I think, I think um, you know, we can all be we can, we can be involved in philanthropy in different manners and different ways and many of us are but, and it's very difficult at the moment because there are so many demands and so many needs but I think we have to be conscious, for me anyway, I we're very proud of our Irish heritage. We're very proud of our literature and proud of our music. And I personally think we can't always look back for that. We can't just keep, you know, replaying and talking and talking mm. about all the great artists we had and, and, and they are, you know, they were wonderful. When we have so many artists now and we're just, we need to support those artists. So looking forward, people won't kind of go back and go, well, Ireland was fantastic and, you know, the early 20th century or whatever but what happened because suddenly the, the you know they gave up on culture they just became you know there was a void and and I think looking forward I think it'll be wonderful that they can come back and look at these operas and go oh my god somebody produced this and regardless that it was hard times or financially or whatever that they gave this back to the people and you know it's culture for me it's necessity it, it, it just feeds who I am and you know, I'm well aware of all the other necessities we have in life. You know, we all need food and shelter and that, that we can't cope without them, we can't survive. But I think to blossom and flourish as a society, we have to include culture. So I would encourage anybody to be more involved. Um, and John is fantastic because he gives back. And when he talks about the audience, I think that's important. He he relates to the audience. He writes for the audience. He's not writing just he's writing for his artists and and of course for himself he has to address his own his own need to he, I know he just has to compose I mean there's no question to me about how can he he change over and, and do an opera he just has it in his head and he has to get it out but he 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 has the audience in mind and it's always accessible and there's always something that the audience loves and the audience takes away and for an opera that's new that you've never heard in your life before and it suddenly comes at you and if you come away and there's a bit that you just love and it's in your head and you're singing it that's an extraordinary gift and so I think John's exceptional and he comes after and he talks he talks to people he tells them why he loves it he tells them why he wrote it like this he tells them what it was important to do so it's a combination we have here I think 
I am so heartbroken that we literally have like 20 seconds left. I have to let the mm. last 20 seconds to John. <laughs> you know, you mentioned a million and one musicians and singers and they're, they're we're in a golden era, I think, at the moment in Cork. Yeah, like this, this, this is really cool. On Tuesday night, we have some like... So it's Kim Sheehan, um, who is like phenomenal, world class singing. She was the Nightingale, and she we, um, we saw her in Rigoletto and the Opera House, and you know she's from Kinsale, and you know or from Myrtleville, she's coming. Um, uh, we have Magella Culler, like who's like you know like all <laughs> no, Magella Culler. Your we, time we, is we up. Have, we have Ronald Howard, <laughs> Pagliacci, we have Julian, Joel Corbett, Simon Morgan. No, yeah, no, no, we can't get through the entire list. <laughs> but what we'll do is recommend to people that they go on the Everman website and see how they can to become friends of Everyman Opera. We wish you all the very best of luck with Deirdre and the Sons of Vishnu, one of the most glorious stories. It's only for one night one on night, Tuesday it's, night. It's a concert performance, night yeah. That's it. Listen, we're completely out of time. Quartz 96 FM and C103. The Arts House.